Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray, and with me I have my incredible co-host, Drew Haskins. Hello. And we have, a very, we have a very special guest. She writes hilarious and sharp pop culture commentary for her newsletter, Hung Up. Her Hunter Harris. I was about to say Harris Hunter. <laughs> Thank you, regardless. Welcome to the Girls Room. I'm so excited for this. Like I, this is my favorite episode of television maybe ever. Um, yeah, I, I, this episode and the episode where Adam Driver dances to Valentine, like truly once mm -hmm. a month. Yep. We just covered that with Chris Murphy pretty recently. Um, devastating episode of television. One that like, I don't know if I ever really want to watch ever again, but it is like, perfect like truly a perfect episode That's yeah so I, was, I was really excited when you said you wanted to talk about this episode mm -hmm. I feel I, like it's something we've been teasing like for a while it has it all I mean I, I think it gets to the heart of the best parts of girls which is like about this all of these like messy friendships that they're all like super outgrowing but don't want to acknowledge it and then kind of have to um and then you also it's so funny there's so many like even small lines that I'm like wait that's the funniest thing I've ever heard like um yeah. even the like gay guys in the background talk about, like fighting about Tish it's like <laughs> well, that's like so in my U zone I one line that stood out to me that I hadn't acknowledged before I paid $80,000 for theater school of course I'm talented <laughs> <laughs> so good Hunter I, I'd like oh okay, are you first no I was gonna say if I could like like print out every page of the script and get it framed I would because every it's like it's such tight like economic jokes storytelling it's such a good I love it so much yeah there's something about the structure of this episode where the first half is it, it has more of an explicitly like sketch comedic feel to it than some other episodes of Girls do. Like every single line is a joke in a way that like most of the other episodes of the show aren't. But then halfway through it kind of gives way into a still funny but really like somber, like devastating portrayal of a friendship breaking apart that like is way more of the girls that we usually know but just like the one-two punch really hit me this time in a way that I have not really felt the past few times I've watched this episode yeah and even even watching it re-watching it this morning I was thinking it's so interesting that basically the last thing we see in this episode before the end is like the big fight and it doesn't mm -hmm. do that thing where it's like you have a big fight at night and you kind of make up in the morning and then you like go separate ways it just kind of like carries that tension through the rest of the day which felt very like emotionally true to me as yeah. someone like when you I mean I guess I saw a meme this morning that was like Leo's never apologize and I'm a Leo mm -hmm. um so that sort of like not not having a clear um conclusion just like them dancing together is so special yeah and I think one of the reasons this episode is so powerful, even in hindsight, like I was reading some of the contemporary reviews of the episode as it aired that were really applauding it for kind of like the daring structure and like talking about how it is really rare to see a friend breakup play out on television like this. But the expectation at the end of these reviews is like, we can't wait to see how Lena brings them all back together again and gets them to be best friends after this. And the nice and realistic thing about the show is they never really do after this episode. Like, it mm -hmm. really feels like such a pivotal moment in a way that is refreshingly, like, anti-TV trope. Yeah, now it's like, you know, individual relationships and not like the friend mm -hmm. group with the friend group is like not in the same place which is yeah, yeah I know. hunter i'd love to hear about your relationship with girls i think you watched it for the first time last year unless oh i'm in your tweets <laughs> i am still watching girls for the first time i still haven't finished the show like i know what happens at the end just because i was like we're not during that time and i was working mm -hmm. in vulture a lot with it 
Um, but no, I don't know. I just like, I keep putting it off. I like, don't want to finish it. Cause I always want to have like a new episode of girls to watch. Um, but yeah, I started watching it. I think I want to say 2021, mm-hmm. um, kind of, kind of randomly when I didn't have anything else to watch, maybe, um, my friends who, I guess I just really liked the writing, really trusted them. They were like, you have to watch Girls if you want to like be a real writer or like (laughs) write on TV. And I was like, okay, fine. And I was so in love with it immediately. And it seemed Mm -hmm. like everything, I mean, I'm sure you guys know, like if you were on the internet when Girls was airing, it was like discourse, 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 like in a way that in retrospect is kind of ridiculous. But at the time it just seemed, you know, not really for me um and so watching it absent all of that it's so wild but it's fun to like look back at it and also watch it kind of just on my own divorced from like any real like expectation it's also a show that really hits different when you watch it in your mid to late 20s too Mm -hmm. like both Mm -hmm. like being sort of the age that they are but also with the benefit of hindsight too like we've talked in past episodes about how watching especially when they're like 24 in the early seasons like it is it really gets a new dimension once you kind of have that like lived experience and it's just it's really tough but like it just makes it so much better like I don't know no, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I think if I had watched Girls when I was in college, um, mm-hmm. which is like around the time that it like came out, um, I I would have like four more years of therapy than I already have. <laughs> like, yeah. I think once you, if you're young enough to see any kind of show, I think like any, you know, once you like grow to a certain age, you kind of get over this. But when you see any kind of TV or any kind of movies, like aspirational anyway, in a way, um, it would be, it just kind of totally is not the purpose of the show. It's not like, even though it is sort of like a spiritual, like Sex and the City, like continuation, it's not aspirational in the way that Sex and the City was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now watching it as a 28 year old, looking at how 25 year olds and like, oh my God, that's so what I was like. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm like, oh, but I feel that now. Yeah. It doesn't become like less true. Definitely. I feel like they definitely build the characters in a way that's like so specific to the time, to the 2010s and their age, but also like kind of universal and timeless. Yeah. I mean, I think Molly specifically is like such a type of person. And I like go back and forth with my one of my really good friends all the time. Like if I'm a Marnie or a Shosh. And one time she did an Instagram poll, crazy, but whatever, asking her followers which one I was and they said like I was giving shows I'm like no please like unfortunately I just am a Marnie like the number of times I literally had the conversation and this is such a good Marnie episode too mm-hmm. um the number of times I've had the conversation like no this is like a four-person dinner we can't add someone else to the reservation like that's I'm gonna yeah. like like okay now I have to call the restaurant now I have to like like get zoning involved like all of these things like that's so the way my brain works um mm-hmm. <laughs> But like that kind of type A-ness, um, you know, feels very just like, so like Marnie specifically is like so perfectly like 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you are in among friends here with the Marnie apologia. Like I am also a ginormous Marnie as has been discussed to death on this podcast and like even last night I was out to dinner with some friends and I was driving people we ended up being 15 minutes late to the reservation because I could not find parking anywhere and I was having a like a Marnie level freak out and then watching the episode this morning I was like oh my god was do I look like that to like other people <laughs> when I do this but it's uh yeah 100% that. but also I think there's like a funny runner in this episode that's like Marnie just has an idea of her life that is from a J. Crew catalog mm-hmm. from literally 10 years ago and like just won't give it up like and I totally get it like I used to like love Pottery Barn catalogs or something and I would think like I wanted this 
you know, that mall kind of like beadboard aesthetic. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other, her friends are like, girl, what are you talking about? That is like, that sucks. Mm -hmm. She's very like girl bossy J crew. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think it was in in the episode, because then, you know, once I watched Beast House, then I was like, okay, I have to like watch the next couple episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I think in the episode after this, or maybe two after this, she um has the friend with the art gallery and she thinks that the girl is like like just kind of like an assistant at the gallery, and the girl asks Marnie to be her assistant, and Marnie is like, Wait, I'm a failure. I haven't done anything. <laughs> like except for be mean to my friends <laughs> I love it yeah there's a really good Anne Helen Peterson piece about the Marnies of the world that I think is from the I want to say it's from the LA review of books but don't quote me on that where she talks about how Marnie is the girl who coasted through high school coasted through college and kind of expected the world to accommodate her when she graduates and enters and like she's pretty she's privileged like it's just going to naturally work out for her and the series of little humiliations that she has to undergo um especially these first three seasons like it just really browbeats her into submission in a way that is like (laughs) it's incredible to watch and Allison Williams is after this episode, I'm ready to say, like, I do think she's the best performer on the show. Um, but it's it's so hard to watch, especially if you That's identify as Marnie. I Hold think on. so. Shows. I think so. Hmm. I, would I think argue- she's the best comedian on the show. I would still argue Josh. I think Marnie does a really, or Allison Williams does a really good job of, like, playing the straight man. We know what she's saying is a little crazy, but she's actually the only logical person in the group. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if you read the onslaught of Allison Williams' profiles that she was on the joke the entire time. Was I mean, she? <laughs> I, I think she, I mean, Marnie is so ridiculous, but I do yeah. think that like, as Marnie works, because there is something just kind of like inherently sort of hateable and snobbish about her like she definitely does think that she's more educated than you if not more educated than you then better dressed than you not better dressed than you just cleaner than you i'm not cleaner than you then smarter than you like all of these things Mm -hmm. even the way um oh my gosh i my mind is so blank right now who is the friend that slept with marnie who is hannah's first boyfriend oh elijah elijah yes Mm -hmm. whenever he's like they're like having a little moment and they're like you know we're not mad at each other whatever and he's like oh like the vegetables are like sliced so thin and she's like yeah that's what it means to julienne something (laughs) what a bitch i I know she like oh she's better than you because she knows how to julienne um a carrot yeah (laughs) and then the fact that she made duck like the most pretentious it's like yeah either gonna be duck or lamb and duck is way more pretentious and she just went with it like I there's like such it's such a funny send-up of like just a type of you know a type of like bratty snob it's the kind of food you would make too if you were trying to like play act at the idea of making fancy restaurant food like duck is one of those things that like it's just so much easier to just get it at a restaurant in the same way that like good ramen or good pho like don't do that at home like just go to like a place that like actually knows how to do it well and duck is the same way like if you're trying to be like fancy 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 then sure but like of course it ended up tasting like a used condom too because like (laughs) it's not the kind of thing that you can just like fuck around with I I mean I think Elijah has a line like no one even likes duck anyway which Mm -hmm. I really I only know one person stuck but um the like visual gag of you seeing how little food is on all of their plates mm-hmm. is just so great like okay. they're like starving <laughs> which should... honestly, like, ups the drama like they're drunk and starving it really does and when jessa makes hannah chug her drink even though she's like hasn't eaten in hours is drunk yeah. It, mm-hmm. just feeling how drunk they are is stressful ups the tension for sure 
yeah the i am dying to know what's in a north fork fizz <laughs> like, any also, drink like, that's progressively more brown throughout the episode yeah, yeah. i like, was it's so funny too that like marnie never has one of those she's like always drinking a glass of wine like yeah. a, like may have i'm like oh my god like I, it's like a mm-hmm. but also i feel like in this episode you keep rolling your eyes at marnie but you get it like that North Fork fizz is definitely disgusting. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, any drink that th- is that purple, <laughs> I'm sorry, is like not going to be good. <laughs> like I've been watching um old seasons of like Recession Era Real Housewives of Orange County recently, and they are addicted to drinking like purple Gatorade drinks, like cocktails with like weird like pearlescent like purple shimmers in it and like north fork fizz was giving me that and both times like you can just tell like it's so syrupy it's so like sugary cough syrup sweet like uh, like it's so horrible but that is like the kind of drink that like a horrible gay guy would drink so i'm like (laughs) i get it it was very accurate in that way um i think i mean i don't know what you guys want to talk about next but I do think that like the like gay posse is such a funny part in all of this like not that like Hannah has of course like blown up this party invited people that like were not supposed to be there but that it is specifically this group of guys who are really always like just kind of so intrigued by all of it too like they're they're watching it just like we are but then yeah. also their own infighting in their own friend group um is like just so smart yeah that's like yeah I feel like maybe they even kind of mirror the girls and what they're going through and Mm -hmm. kind of also blind to Marnie's good intentions annoying but good intentions yeah Elijah is definitely like the shosh of the gays in a way because like he is this naive younger guy who's sort of just riding the coattails of like the older people around him in a way but unlike Shosh he does not have the sheer force of personality and determination to actually like have a breakthrough with that group in the same way that Shosh does at the end of this episode with the girls. Totally and there's so many little moments that I um that occurred to me when I was morning like little moments between Hannah and Elijah that you see like oh they actually do have this like very special closeness like when she mm-hmm. notices that the Danny Strong like, boyfriend character mm-hmm. is like very cruel to him and just like very infantilizing and kind of calls him stupid and and she's like what it's like about um how he didn't know what Elijah didn't know what inertia meant mm-hmm. and she's like, I didn't know what it meant either I still think it means that it means yeah. you're staying place or whatever or going very fast um like that is sort of such like a romantic friendship moment but then it's all undercut by Elijah trying to stand up for himself and then just like fucking falling on his face yeah it was a very true to life moment that like Andrew Rannells is so good and so funny on this show but like when he gets to go a little dramatic like that it's great I'm glad after this season he becomes I think it's season four, right, Julia? He becomes a full-time cast member. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And that's that was a good choice. Um, Hunter, you've talked about your affinity for Marnie. Where do you stand with Hannah? Oh, good question. Hmm. Maybe it is the Marnie in me, but, like, Hannah just does everything so backwards. Like... That's all I can think about. Like, even, you know, the fact that, like, everyone else is wearing clothes and she's, like, wearing a swimsuit the entire episode is my, like, brain is, like, wait, but why? Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, like, not swimming. Like, this this doesn't make any sense. Um, but I think that there is something very, like, sort of moving and childish and childlike about Hannah and how like she kind of refuses to grow up but like will play at the idea of growing up a lot um mm-hmm. and I think that in Lena Dunham's performance of her especially her emotions are just very close to the surface in a way that I have a lot of respect for but ultimately could not do myself I mean some of her 
her best scenes are scenes where I feel like she's kind of an exposed nerve all the mm -hmm. time. She can so quickly process exactly what hurt her feelings and tell you exactly like she's will never forgive you um kind of at the drop of a hat and I think that's like it's like kind of this like emotional hyper articulateness that is very funny but also like completely I don't know like unreal in a way that I could never imagine it in anyone yeah. else it's no way to live <laughs> like it really, it really is not um I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with that assessment like though I was liking her a little I I do like her a little bit more in season three because she sort of stops wallowing like she still does and she's still a delusional narcissist but she's at least making moves with her career that feel a little bit more proactive like the Adam situation is not a great situation but she's making it work for her in a way whereas like you and I hate to say this, but like Marnie is so stuck in the mud this season into contrast, like where they were last year versus this year is, you know, it's, it's some, it's hard, it's hard to watch a little bit sometimes, but yeah. I feel like this episode though, I lose kind of sympathy for Hannah, like all the growth that this character has done. She continues to mm -hmm. act out and not respect anyone and her narcissism is showing constantly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought this episode did a good job of kind of bookmarking everyone's character growth and character mm -hmm. arcs. Yeah. Jess is an interesting case here because she's very much going with the flow and doesn't, I don't know, I think she just kind of adds in reprieve, she says, she can't go into the water unless she's menstruating that's pretty much all I remember hearing from her in the episode <laughs> yeah no I think she has like oh the bus people of course that oh. should make like oh. that she sent on the back of the bus for a book yeah I feel like she has like one or two throwaway lines with the guys that's kind of like fun like like amusing mm -hmm. um but it's not I don't know I mean it's interesting not a very strong Jessa episode and maybe it's mm -hmm. because a lot of I think of anyone, she is the most clear-eyed about how transactional and how sort of ill-fitting all these relationships are. And right. it's not really her feelings being hurt or her hurting other people's feelings um, because she is, in a lot of ways, I think like the more practical. Um, but yeah, I think she really is. I, I read an like review of this episode that said that Shosh was the audience proxy, which I do think mm -hmm. is true um, in like a much more macro way. But I think in the episode, it's definitely Jessa, like really being like, Shosh, you're a cruel drunk. And, you know, we've all made mistakes. We've all been bad friends. And she's kind of like the voice of reason. Yeah. But she also, I do kind of get Shosh's criticism of her as someone who is like she's in just as in the early stages of her recovery and as we come to find out later in the season like it's not like a recovery this recovery is not going to stick for her either like mm -hmm. she she does sort of present herself as a little above it all in the way that she tries to resolve conflicts because she's doing the work on herself like she's trying to achieve like this sobriety induced enlightenment but then you see her on the couch like threatening to drink the drink as like a really like shockingly manipulative and cruel thing um to do to hannah who like in i think it's the bushwick episode hannah talks about how she doesn't like drinking at all and like she she would prefer not to but like she's essentially being like foisted drinks like during this um and i don't know it just felt cruel and manipulative yeah, but I think, th I mean, I didn't see it as cruel so much as, like, that is kind of Jess's personality is, to, yeah. like, play with fire, touch fire, start fires. Um, not so much that, I think, I don't know. I kind of saw her as, like, wanting her friends to have a good time. Certainly mm -hmm. sort of obnoxiously, like, snidely better than everyone above it all space. Mm -hmm. But I think her intentions were, at least in my opinion, um, if anything, it was just that she was like, I'm, you know, 
so enlightened and adult and I don't yeah. have to, like I I can play with you in this way because it's not this is like none of this is real for me right it's yeah. not that even when they're um performing the dance and then Marnie wants a redo which big climax of the episode we will get into later but when Hannah's like we don't need to redo it we don't want to get on Broadway and Jess is kind of like well no 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 I, I see what you mean like yeah. you were down when you should have been up that's yeah I feel like a very telling moment for her like she you know she's she is enlightened in a way you know I mean at least in the context of this group mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's definitely doing more self-reflection than anyone else is doing like I think Shosh is reflecting on herself without really realizing it by like she's in that phase of her early 20s when she's just like throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks like really just trying to like fuck around and figure out what she actually likes out of the world and to watch her at the end of this episode realize that like what she likes does not include these women is very it's very cathartic to see that but it's also it's so early she doesn't know how to like articulate herself in the most mature way yeah but I mean it makes for great drama like oh it does I I think I don't there's something like so universal about about turning a certain age realizing wait I kind of like hate all these people (laughs) or like how did we actually become friends like we either never talk or never get along or whatever um so it is very cathartic to see Shosh saying all of these things that you know that I'm sure we've all thought about our friends secretly not so secretly um but it's just the way that she does it and like this like sort of not even like a stupor just like so mean it's so mm-hmm. dead and it's so like when she calls them like whiny little nothings I'm like <laughs> not like crying hurt from that yeah um and it's so it's like it's better I think again her being the best Joyce being the best performer um mm-hmm. it's better that she does it in like a very small targeted like truly like a shiv in the back way than like a big blustery like like the way that Hannah would have done it where she would have like made a huge deal about it um really like gone for like an Oscar reel of like emotions in one moment yeah and you know Marnie just begging everyone to like eat her Julian carrots oh my god I also a telling line from Marnie earlier in the episode is when she says I thought this would be a great opportunity to prove everyone on Instagram that we can still have fun as a group. (laughs) Like everyone knows that this is kind of over, but Marnie is still holding out hope. And I feel like Shosh being the youngest of the group, but maybe also the wisest, she can kind of, that these girls are actually just kind of sad, you know, like the girls that looked up to, you know, these cool Brooklynites are actually just pathetic. Yeah. I think yeah. that it's so funny whenever like social media to me anyway comes up on girls. Like the mm-hmm. early seasons with like the tweets and Hannah like, you know, trying to like not even go viral. I don't know if that like language exists like traffic some way mm-hmm. in some kind of capital. Um, because you do kind of forget that like that Instagram line was so funny because it could have been today, it could have been then yeah not that it was even that long ago but it's like what the fuck is marnie posting on instagram like except for starbucks cups with like the like old timey filter or something mm-hmm. a lot of yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so i mean and even just like the opening shots of her placing like the calligraphy little note cards on the bed and like putting the flowers everywhere like she's clearly taking in whatever the 2014 like instagram aesthetic was and just like spitting it back out in a way that feels like for this group of women so wrong like cool. maybe there was a point where shosh would have been into this but like not this season like she's like She's not in the, like, the, like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but the her screaming, like, Radika, like, phase of her, um, her, her upbringing, so. Yeah, she's, she's growing quickly. I feel like she's yeah. most quickly maturing of the bunch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point, because it's funny that Shosh is the one, like, lobbing all these bombs at uh, Marnie's sort of event, 
because those are the two that I would have felt like would be most aligned, like mm-hmm. in upon meeting. Right. Even mm-hmm. on the trip, I feel like I could see Josh assigning rooms, mm-hmm. but I don't know. In the spirit of understanding what these women are like, that's not you know, you're not you're not going to prepare duck for and assign their rooms. That's that's for you. That's not for them. You know, yeah. the whole trip is kind of selfish in a way. You know, she. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was just gonna say she has like she wants to heal the friendship allegedly, but it's also very much a selfish kind of endeavor. But I'm sorry. What were you gonna- no, I was going to say the heel thing, like the way that I feel like it said maybe once or twice, Marnie's like, we need to heal the friendship. We need to heal mm-hmm. the friend group. And it's like, are you like a sentient episode of Oprah? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? That is so crazy. And even just at every turn, everything is like, she had these ideas of her friends in her head as like these little dolls that she just so. And in reality, they like, get on the bus and like make these weird friends or they like burst into the house and like you know don't listen to the room assignments like all of that watching her just deflate is so satisfying this shot of her when she's waiting for the bus in her like jackie kennedy dress just waiting for them to arrive like i love (laughs) it when she gets in socialite drag like it really (laughs) it is so funny and we talked a few weeks ago with um the with Jen Rogan the costume designer for the show and she talked to us about how fun it was to dress Marnie in these sort of like Jackie Kennedy looks that just don't suit her at all I did like a lot of her J.Crew pieces though this this episode like (laughs) her style is my style unfortunately something about her like little shorts mm-hmm. I don't know, it just like made me laugh so much I was like Marnie where did you get these <laughs> other than like truly J. Crew, um but okay I think Juliet you'd mentioned the dance oh okay so absolutely need to cover the dance Elijah's friend teaches them this choreographed dance that he learned and does every time he's drunk to <laughs> uh, what is the song I have it written down it's Harry Nelson's You're Breaking My Heart. And it is the, I, I get it. I get the kind of uh, theatrical appeal of it, but it's like the stupidest dance you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I mean, I think that's part of a joke for the other friend group is how like, um, you know, how the dance is so stupid and how it's also just like so like Broadway, like I like chorus, like not, mm-hmm. it's like not a lead part. It's just, Something that's in the background of like a corner of the stage that you are not even paying attention to. Um, but I I I think I love anytime anyone dances on screen selfishly. I think it's like such a good device. And in this too, it gives you such a like good microcosm of like how they all relate. Like they're all trying to get it right, but Shosh is like kind of awkward and bad, like cares a lot. Marnie wants it to be perfect. Hannah it just kind of like misses her marks does it really messy but like does kind of care and Jess yeah. is like the best at it it's effortless yeah casually nailing everything she does like if she just put a little bit more effort into like finding something she wanted to do she could be so good at it but like it's just wasted potential this dancing is well, I mean, just this whole episode is perfect, but like this might be my favorite scene almost more than the fight scene for the reasons outlined. But like, I feel like this episode has a renaissance every month or so. Like people just glom onto scenes from it again and recirculate. And there's something about the dance right now in our current moment that's really been like meme fodder, essentially. Like I've seen people like speed it up wordlessly or like said it to Volk from Suspiria or like the let's have a kiki from Glee and like there's just something about it that like the visual language of the show that people just keep like finding inspiration in and I don't know I just I I find it so charming and like it's one of the few pieces of media I really never get sick of this I have this whole episode but in particular the dance scene and the fight scene could Mm -hmm. watch it on a loop many like little little taps little like arm things in the dance <laughs> that are 
so <laughs> weird, but like make it perfect for when at the end of the episode, when they kind of wordlessly do the dance together. Cause you kind of, at first Hannah does it and it's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? oh, now I see what's happening. And it's like just the kind of most tender, tragic thing ever. Yeah. And there's something a little like you would think the gay guys would be bemused and like watching the girls do this dance like they're circus animals but like the audience like the reaction shots that they cut to like they're genuinely tickled and like overjoyed to see these women actually having fun together and like being silly and like I don't know the little shot at the end when the dance is done of the other guy who's not pal or elijah like on his back on the floor with his legs in the air like kicked up and glee like that always gets me because it's such like a silly genuine reaction yeah one thing i noticed too in that same vein is that gerald which is such a funny (laughs) gerald is like half wrong like like it looks like bird made into a little dress Mm -hmm. and it's so like this is a production yeah (laughs) I think it is I've gone on many like friend trips where I like keep trying to like make a beach house moment happen um (laughs) like to get everyone to like dance a lot or like whatever and it's just so fun like there there's nothing that it feels like its own like little club of Mm -hmm. jokes or something um but yeah that they're all like doing it together and like kind of performing it for us like straight to the camera is so good it's also very like middle school you know when you would choreograph dances to Britney Spears it feels very Mm -hmm. childlike and Mm -hmm. you know kind of beautiful in that way and that's I like what you said Hunter about how you really just in the little movements kind of see how they work together Mm -hmm. you know characters operate Totally. I think kind of bringing them down to this like joint project, this kind of like childlike playtime. Yeah. It's really good for these characters. Yeah. Yes. And, oh, go giving, ahead. Giving them such roles to do, you know, lessens the tension yeah. that makes for a really big blow up. Cause it's like, oh, they are actually all getting along. And just kidding. No, the fuck they're not. Um, <laughs> is a pretty, you know, really good device. Well, it's very theater kid of Marnie, too, to use a dance rehearsal as a vehicle for her to, like, express her grievances. (laughs) It's, like, we've seen, like, in prior seasons, like, she really takes, well, uh, theater and obviously music very seriously. So, like, watching her weaponize her craft like that is a perfect little character moment. Like, she just cannot let things be. Yeah. And... In in the scene with um, Elijah and Marnie and that other guy, like whenever they're talking about, like they're explaining, like Gerald always has this dance, like it's really stupid. And she's like, well, I think we should be more creative. Like Ray has convinced me that like, you know, oh being God. creative is actually a good thing. And Elijah's like, Ray who? <laughs> <laughs> like, su- like even that is like such a good line. And yeah. Marnie is trying to, you know, play like a, uh, I don't like a Pinterest Instagram graphic and like courier new like we should all be more creative Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love Elijah's little mini arc this episode like it just it's nice to see him back on the show after a season and a half away um and I I just a kind of a heartbreaking arc like he keeps picking these older gay guys who just treat him like shit like it's it's really sad I was also okay I don't care about the discourse about straight people playing gay actors or uh straight actors playing gay people I do not care about that but when I saw Danny Strong play pal who I I always forget Danny Strong is an actor I really only know him as Lee Daniels is like producer partner Mm -hmm. what he was doing in this episode I was raising my eyebrows a little bit because it was it was a little a little gay caricature for me just a little bit 
Mm-hmm. I but I think of Danny Strong as like he did a similar kind of part on Billions. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. Um, I have not seen Billions. I did the early. I've watched like like the first three seasons, and I stopped watching. But Danny Strong did like recurred a couple times as I would say a queer coded kind of very mm-hmm. fussy billionaire and it was it was very similar to this character yeah except not as like not as I mean not as funny like or funny but not actually as funny if that makes sense yeah it definitely very funny this episode like his monologue about like what's her crazy Stacy or whoever <laughs> like that was like very funny well delivered and just like a per- like perfectly written line like there's something about how wounded Hannah or like kind of naive Hannah projects to other people that make other people feel so comfortable belittling her to her face yeah and it's like that it was so hard to watch like a gay man do it I don't know why it just felt so it's it felt like especially cruel in that context and I don't I, I that is not like a fully formed thought but like that was just like my base like sentiment around that and I think part of that, like the way it's so kind of, I mean, obviously hurtful, but like truly wounding is that kind of pops in the conversation for a minute and he's like, fuck no, like Stacey's mm-hmm. bad as shit. And <laughs> like the camera goes to Hannah and she's like realizing like, like oh, fuck. Wait, what do people think of me? Like, yeah. why am I hanging out with them? Um, You know, in a very like somber way, but also yeah. Danny Clark has that line about how he's like just calling Elijah kind of pathetic and then he's like all he does is like arrange gloves at looming tails or sleep and by sleep I mean jerk off mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it's I think you can see so clearly in that how like he's older talking to like young people and that is like all they do response kind of like well yeah my boyfriend does that too yeah I also think it's interesting that he's only mean to Hannah and Elijah and I feel like that kind of links Hannah and Elijah under this they're both like vulnerable and easy targets yeah Yeah, I didn't think about that but yeah because you can obviously like these are his friends not you know yeah like Elijah's just the boy toy subordinate and Hannah is the least conventionally pretty of the group and the one I mean they're they meet up outside the the grocery store by making fun of Hannah and her bikini and calling her like spring breakers, which mm-hmm. is a funny line, but like it's like it's not a mutually respectful relationship on like either end. And when Hannah and Elijah have that little moment in the pool after Danny Strong makes the inertia comment, um, it is like such a sweet, quiet moment of reconnection for those two characters. And like it's it's a nice way to reintroduce Elijah as kind of a core member of the group going forward. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. I'm trying to I feel like I mean, we we've mentioned this, we've glossed over it, but Hannah's bikini, the fact that she wears it the entire episode is just so genius. Like it it's so absurd but realistic. It's so of course she is. Yeah. It's I think like the centerpiece of the episode I love it it's just so entirely inappropriate like yeah and not like literally inappropriate because they're not swimming like they haven't swum in hours and it also <laughs> she, didn't even, she didn't even get in the ocean yeah oh exactly <laughs> she was just like standing on those rocks because she didn't bring swim shoes um but it also just goes to show and this is when Hannah just like is so maddening to me how she just somehow how she is weird like knows that she's like very strange but accepts ex- expects everything to like sort of bend to her weirdness yeah. and bend to her will um like she's so shocked the store will not let her in and it's like Hannah duh yeah <laughs> you can hear my Marnie coming out like what what else did you expect <laughs> there, there are definitely episodes where like Hannah's eccentricities like people like take them in and absorb them but in this episode you can see in real time like 
her eccentricities like bouncing off everyone else like everyone else is like no <laughs> like we are not taking this on today like go over there and the bikini is such a good avatar for for all of that like it just it's it's like a a wall almost around her that like people are just like we're not we're boxing you in here we're not we're not <laughs> we're not letting you out no that's such but. a good point like her her hannahness does kind of bounce off and back to her mm-hmm. uh, and she kind of doesn't know what to do with it yeah because like she she kind of is i think she does kind of want to be the main character of this weekend yeah because it's like her and marnie that have a real friendship that needs quote healing um, but at the same time, whenever Marnie gives her a lot of attention, she looks at such a show of rejecting it. And and she's like, everything she says about how Marnie like always criticizes her, never accepts her, never um, has anything supportive or nice to say to her is true. But I think it's yeah. also a way of making the weekend about her problems with Marnie. Yeah. This is a weird parallel to make, but a few nights ago, I just watched The Birds, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Which, coincidentally, another, like, piece of culture in which the main character is in a green costume the whole time. Tippy Hedren's in this, like, green costume. And she's also an interloper in a beach town who mm-hmm. expects everyone to sort of cave into her, like, weird little plans and desires. And then literally gets attacked by birds for her trouble. And I guess in this <laughs> in this parallel, Shoshana is the birds, but, like, I don't know it just it's there is this enduring fascination and culture with like women who are so delusionally narcissistic and like cannot see the past or past the end of their own nose in a way mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to watch four of them in a room like this together and then like it just combusts like that is like sex in the city never really got to this kind of point yeah definitely not this no. like not this big of a schism I no. mean the biggest fight I can remember on Sex in the City truly maybe I just have a bad memory is like when Charlotte wouldn't give um Carrie the money to like pay off yeah. her debt only because that was the craziest conversation to have with a friend and for Carrie to be like but why would you have the means it's like ugh, okay yeah like that that was a deep fight about deep insecurities like even the fights that like Carrie and Miranda would have over the course of the show like never really yeah that's a good point they never really hit that deep like they did with Charlotte but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also feel like there there is something linking the women in the city like shared interests shared kind of sensibilities but as we learn in this episode the girls kind of have nothing but history tying them together yeah, yeah what's yeah. that line from bodies 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 it's like rachel sennett's line if it weren't like the weight of our shared like personal <laughs> history then we probably wouldn't be friends exactly which is kind of the like thesis of this episode i mean that's a thesis of like every i think millennial gen z friendship um but yeah i i think there's like the fact that this whole thing takes place in like this kind of beach town true to your point that like mm-hmm. it takes place in a small town there's really nothing else to do they're stuck in this house and it's like away from everything and everyone feels sort of uncomfortable around mm-hmm. that um is so I mean it's like what Knives Out Glass Onion should yep. have been <laughs> that was so, so Hunter kind of to, I guess to wrap things up a little bit what do you make of this episode in the context of the series as a whole i know you haven't finished the the whole thing yet but like what what draws you to this episode is something you go back to a lot i mean it really is just the cleverness of the writing every single line is funny and even like the small kind of throwaway moments of like marnie you know wistfully telling a story of her heartbreak it's like girl shut the fuck up like Mm -hmm. what are you talking about um every part of it is funny and I think you can I think it's I think of it as like the thesis of girls that it is at least in the early seasons is a show about these friends and their disjointed mismatched feelings about one another Mm -hmm. but feelings about the world um Mm -hmm. 
and that in spite of that, they're kind of trying to stay together, but can't. And then, um, you know, I think it's shot really beautifully and like visually it's like fun to kind of run around the house. But I have to say that in the next episode, Desi arrives and it's like yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. It's a great turning point. Yeah. I'm so excited to get to him too. I have been on such an even Moss Bachrock kick this year because of the bear. And I, I, to the point where I went back and watched like the, he's been in a bunch of SVU episodes too. So no, I was like, okay, let's, gotta, let's do a little sampling here. Um, but I, yeah, very, very, very excited to see I, him in that plot line. When is this coming out? Uh, we're banking some episodes to so a few weeks from when we're actually recording this. Okay. Um, I was at uh, a bar watching the World Cup final, like mm-hmm. World Cup final. Match. Um, I almost said finale. <laughs> <laughs> and when I tell you, I was like in like Cobble Hill, I was like looking around at other like really good. I saw like Peter Sarsgaard. I was like, whatever. He tried to ruin Jackie, almost did. And then I saw Evan Moss Backrock and I was like, oh! like the biggest gasp of my life. Yeah. I almost choked. And I was like watching him, watching the game, watching the game, watching him. Like, and we were the only, like, we were one of like four people in the entire bar rooting for France. And I was like, that's my man. That's my mm-hmm. man. That's just confirmation that he's my man. Yeah. My plans. That uh, is, I was going to talk with Ayo Adibri um, from the bear about how I think her character in the bear and his character in the bear like should hook up and just have it be like such a girl's subplot of like it blowing up in everyone's face and making a big mess I would like to see it yeah <laughs> I mean <laughs> I could totally see it yeah in an oh opposite kind of way yeah totally we also like to ask we usually ask which girl are you but maybe we do which girl are you in these in this episode mm-hmm in this episode, in this episode, I mean, I think I'm naturally very hard-headed, but also kind of a people pleaser. Um, but I would, I would probably be the Marnie. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like I would plan the weekend and then become like, completely like seethe because the weekend was not going how I planned like it Mm -hmm. does feel tragic to me that she's planned this whole thing like even when she is like Hannah it's almost can you kick all these people out and Hannah's like no you're being weird like that's hurtful Marnie is like I'm not being weird I just like wanted this to go a certain way um that would so that's me I am with you all the way I think I'm Marnie assigning the rooms I am (laughs) I'm Marnie making a meal plan. It's, you know, the thing that nobody wants to do, but then everyone's hungry for dinner. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am Marnie. I would not make duck, obviously. I would not make no. duck. I would even maybe just opt to order a pizza, but you need a plan. And Marnie understands that. <laughs> um, I am with both of y'all here. I This is potentially the most Marnie I will ever be in this segment. Um, <laughs> As someone who loves to host and throw dinner parties and love schedules, like I'm not at the point where I would do calligraphy name cards and stuff, but like everything else rung so true. And I like definitely reflected in like stuff that I have lived through um, and also inflicted on other people. So this, yeah, this was a big, big week for me and Marnie, like finding sister community (laughs) together. My runner-up, I have to say, is world because such a neat <laughs> thing to, do, to come into a house of women that you've never met before and get them to start dancing immediately. Yeah. And the way he's like, girls, like, are we doing it? Like, oh my God. <laughs> Me to a fucking tea. Uh, girl uh, is, I mean, we always talk about the the genius names of girls. Booth mm-hmm. Jonathan, Gerald, it, it's it's beautiful. And Pal. Only- Pal is also oh, good. Yeah. It was only recently that I realized that all of like the girls' girls' names alliterate. Oh yeah. I think. They do. They definitely do. I know uh, Marnie's and Hannah's do. Yeah, it's Jessica Johansson, Shoshana Shapiro, which oh my is God. Marnie Michaels and Hannah Horvath. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. And it's Marnie Marie Michaels, too. <laughs> which is... is Of course, her middle name is Marie. Named after Rita Wilson's mother because of her strength. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's the MVP and LVP of the week? I'm... Honestly, I think MVP is Marnie. I don't know if... I, I think we can all agree based on everything we have just discussed she's trying she's putting in the work um and i think lvp is hannah because she's just consistently an asshole and doing inappropriate things Mm -hmm. inappropriate for the context i'm gonna say mvp is shosh because marnie got them all together and said we need to talk we need to heal and shosh is the only one doing the healing like there's a to happen and show said this is the red table actually yeah um and i'm gonna say lvp probably jessa just because she doesn't act at a lot even when hannah is like you know being called like a loser to her face she does find a way around and make it a being the victim mm-hmm. so you know i think that's like pretty effective hannah yeah, I, I agree that Shosh is the MVP. Um, I'm going to go outside the box a little bit and say that my least valuable player was Elijah this week. Um, I don't think any of the girls were true losers because like they're like going through it to get through it in a way. And it was like nasty and like didn't end with any sort of catharsis, but like it was necessary. Elijah, Elijah debased himself for a man who is so rude to him so nasty to him rejected him like completely and is also like five two like i it does not seem worth it to me (laughs) the combination of those four things do not seem worth it to me but i got it for that reason he is he is my my loser of the week that's no that's perfect (laughs) and And then oh go ahead oh i was gonna say biggest win and biggest fumble I'm gonna my mine are same as what I just said Shosh and Elijah I agree with Shosh as the win I think the fumble is Marnie's duck I think that's what I was literally gonna say was the fumble it was Mm -hmm. like paltry little plates of food um yeah mistake everything else about the episode drew to your point is like it's not really a mistake it's just like very sad yeah it it, like just to watch the dissolution in in real time like i i mean the plotting of girls kind of gets lost sometimes i think especially in this season like this is kind of a very abstract season compared to like how tight season one felt like this episode like every single second is so no pun intended like choreographed um and like when it all like comes falling apart it's just it's spectacular to watch really spectacular it does feel like a play which is like you know what everyone says about everything today but like really it feels like a one (laughs) Uh, hunter thank you so much for being here this was an absolute treat Oh my gosh, thank you. Um, this is so fun. I'm gonna go watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I it was so much fun. And honestly, hopefully this inspires you to pick girls up again. Oh, I'm always like in the middle of picking it up. Like I'm never not watching girls. Never um, yeah. I just keep like I literally keep starting from like season two and then going forward. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh what when am I ever gonna finish this show? <laughs> watching the same like 17 episodes new year's resolution yeah um where can people find you on social media um i am on twitter as um at hunter y harris on instagram as at hunter h and my newsletter hung up is hunterharrisstack.com yeah and uh i cannot recommend hung up enough as a longtime subscriber it is truly one of the funniest newsletters out there you're a fantastic cultural critic and uh definitely i look forward to getting the letters every time they arrive so 
a forty yeah. odd gift in the inbox. Yes, <laughs> I guess I guess and like cultural learnings too. Like it's <laughs> it's educational and uh and just a true delight to read. So, all right. Uh, we'll see everyone next week. Bye. Bye.